Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mind Control Podcast, your home for tips on mind control, hypnosis, psychic abilities, and telepathic communication. I'm your host, Jim Nippenberg, so let's get started. Thank you, thank you, welcome. So, have you seen the news? Have you have you read the news stories or, or seen about this in the news? Elon Musk is uh, wanting to do something where you can hook into a into a network where you can hook people's brains together, and uh, you get like a computer chip embedded. And he's convinced that he can make this work. Now, this is the same guy that um, figured out how to how to get. Um, reusable spacecraft you know they have these like these three stage rockets and they reuse each stage but they have them land at precise spots so like the the ones the like one of the final stages will land somewhere out in the middle of the ocean on a, a floating pod and it'll land perfectly i mean you, you should youtube like spacex or whatever and see some of their videos. It's just amazing. So this guy, and he's the, the guy, you know, that has Tesla motors and the really cool car that you push a button and it goes zero to 60 and what is it, like five, six seconds, something like that. Anyway, so the idea is that he wants to be able to put computer chips in people's heads and let them share information with each other. And uh, some people have commented on how uh, this would make it like a telepathic network. So my question today is, where does telepathic communication take place? Um, you know, does it take place in the brain, for instance? And somebody else is going to say, well, you know what? Um, we've got... Um, We've got these things wired together. Is it really telepathic if they're wired together? Which brings up an, another interesting question. If we're all connected energetically, are we all hardwired together at least at some level? Okay. But anyhow, so does telepathic communication take place in the brain? We know that there are certain parts of the brain that light up with different types of thoughts. And um, the Germans, for instance, a few several years ago, had been doing research on uh, a laser thing where they could read, uh, with the lasers, they could read somebody's head, and they could tell what they're thinking. We know with MRIs that certain parts of the brain show activity when people are thinking certain things, and they've been able to map this out to where uh, they're able to figure out if you're thinking certain things. Um, what part of the brain lights up like you know say one little part of your brain lights up and they know you're thinking about a tree or a pine tree or a friend or whatever uh, but does telepathic communication take place in the brain it, which is an interesting question because we think of thought as localized in the brain we think of left brain right brain occipital lobe you know you get parts of the brain that are responsible for hearing for smell for sight um, and different things and of course, with telepathic communication, um, we think about the pituitary gland and the pineal gland, which are very important for those types of activities. Um, but the problem is that telepathic communication takes place all the way down to the cellular level. Now, this is something that Cleve Baxter demonstrated years ago with his, his research, 
and we know that Cleve Baxter was able to get uh, even um, simple life forms like uh, brine shrimp, for instance, and even cells, you know, to communicate across the room. He, um, he was able to take, uh, for instance, swabs of, of cells from somebody's mouth, put them in another room and wire them up electronically, and those cells responded to the types of feelings, emotional feelings that the person in the other room was having because they were still connected to their owner. Okay, so with that in mind, uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back after a quick message about 61 seconds or so. Hello, friend. Do you wish you had more telepathic ability? My name is Jim Nippenberg, and I've got good news for you. I've put together a program called Silent Mental Commands. It's designed to get you more persuasive power in your life and to get you more of what you want. It's organized into three easy-to-study sections. The first gets you comfortable with you being in power, you being in command. Section two builds on that and shows you how to seamlessly weave nearly undetectable commands into your normal, everyday conversation. And the third section shows you how to begin to form and issue silent mental commands that go straight to the person's subconscious mind. The steps are easy to follow, and almost everyone can experience some improvement with these skills. You can test it out for yourself absolutely risk-free. Simply send an email message to silentcommands at mindcontrolresources.com or visit mindcontrolresources.com. Thank you, and I'll see you there. And welcome back. So are you enjoying today's show so far? Great, great, thanks. So... Back to Cleve Baxter's experiments here. Uh, primary perception, telepathic communication, uh, he found that these things even happen at the cellular level. These things happen with brine shrimp even, um, where they respond to a person's thoughts, even though they're not part of the person. You know, for instance, I'm human, you're human, brine shrimp are brine shrimp. Um, he did these things with plant cells, so he would hook up his uh, his plants and find that plants had primary perception. He would um, hook up the brine shrimp and think about hurting the plants, and the the and the brine shrimp would show signs of stress. Um, plants would show signs of stress at being the thought of being um, harmed or of another plant in the room being harmed, and then the plants kind of got smart and they figured out. Well, he's just kidding. He's just thinking that to, to get the reaction. He's not really going to do it. He's thinking it, but he's not really going to do it. And so they had a way of, of knowing, um, primary perception of absolutely knowing what the intention was. So we have some interesting questions there then. If people are considering um, telepathic communication as being located in the physical brain, Ingo Swan talks about energies that, that beams that shoot out from people, energies, and that, that these energies are in motion. When they're not in motion, they don't really have a color or anything, but when they're in motion, they convey information and they pick up information, sort of like um, bouncing sonar off of something or bouncing radar off of something. Um, not, not exactly, but you get the idea, though, that there's a motion required there and that, that the energies that we have put out an intelligent thought of some sort, um, which which um, 
challenges this old idea of sender and receiver. When we think of telepathic communication, traditionally, what do we think of? We think of we have a sender, we have a receiver. If you read about te telepathic experiments and telepathic tests, am I telepathic? And they'll say, you know, have a friend think of something and, you know, you try to guess what the friend's thinking about or have a friend hide an object in the room or get different containers and have them hide uh, an object in one of the containers and try to guess which one it is and then try to do that beyond reasonable um, expectation, so better than chance, you know. And or um, have the person think of the object and then you guess where they've hidden it while they're thinking about it. And the problem with these experiments, as Ingo Swan has pointed out, is that they work on a sender-receiver model that doesn't work very well. You, you get um, very low results with that. And the other problem with that is, like, for instance, if you have the little, like, the Zener cards, and you have a different object, like say a ball, a screwdriver, a bat, whatever, a hammer on these different cards, and then you try to guess beyond, um, beyond chance what the other person is thinking of. The problem is the subconscious mind gets really, 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 really bored with that. And Ingo Swan had been through like hundreds of, of telepathic experiments. And so when they were doing their remote viewing research at SRI, he said, um, if we keep this kind of crap up, <laughs> I'm going to get bored and it's going to doom the program. We got to do something interesting. So he decided to remote view Saturn and to do some other things. They also did um, outbounder remote viewing. But see, the, the thing is that if telepathic communication were just localized in the brain, we wouldn't be able to have these other types of things happening at the cellular level. And they've proven that your cells respond to your emotion. Okay, now there's a physical apparatus that, that, that takes place with that, by the way. You've got all your cells have a positive and a negative to them. And when you have certain emotions, it releases chemicals in your body and it affects those cell receptors. Stress shuts those down, okay? But we also know that, like, that people have radiant energies that can be sensed by others remotely. And um, so we're going to cover this some more in some more detail tomorrow in our next episode. And we're going to talk about um, uh, more about reading the mind and uh, talk about that German experiment they have, this program that they were working on with the lasers. And can you implant memories into someone else telepathically? Can you use telepathic communication to commit the perfect crime, to frame somebody else, to set somebody else up? What kind of things might you be able to do with this if you were to put your mind to it? Um, so you want to stay tuned. I appreciate you being here on this episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. Thank you, and I'll see you again in the next episode. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like a transcript, send an email to transcript at mindcontrolpodcast.com. Be sure to click subscribe if you're not already subscribed, and I will see you again on the next episode of the Mind Control Podcast. Thank you, and have an awesome day. Unless otherwise noted, the information expressed in this podcast is copyrighted by Jim Nippenberg. Music in this podcast is used by permission of Mike Stewart at podcastinstall.com.
podcast is informational and motivational purposes and spiritual insights. The author and publisher do not offer any type of psychological, legal, medical, or financial advice. No warranties or guarantees regarding this content are expressed or implied. Neither the publisher nor author shall be liable for any physical, psychological, emotional, financial, or commercial damages, including but not limited to special, incidental, consequential, or other damages. You are responsible for your own actions and results.